Alrighty then, welcome to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD 89.3 on the FM or online at kzm.org. Or perhaps you're using that handy-dandy smarter-than-a-calculator device that you take everywhere with you, and you're using your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio, or you could be listening, of course, on the KZUM archives, which can be found online at kzum.org slash archives. We've got Art Deco in the background with Head Rush from In Standard Definition, and uh, that's that for you there. Uh, and we have a special guest on the air with us today. Hopefully I've got everything set up right to bring him on. Hello, TJ. Are you there? TJ, are you there? TJ, if you can hear me, I cannot hear you. So you want to try calling us back here in a moment? All righty. So hopefully we get this all figured out. I don't know what I've done wrong here. So I think I've got... Oh, there we go, maybe. I needed that. And we'll see what happens here as he comes back to us. Every once in a while, the, uh, the board tends to have a few issues that I don't catch right in time. But hey, it's Mercury Retrograde if you follow that stuff. All right. So we'll just wait for him to dial back in. And there he is. Good morning, TJ. Hey, Phil, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. There was a button that got flipped off on the board, and I didn't notice till after we disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no worry. No with worry. as long as it has taken for me to get somebody from the Nebraska AIDS Project on the show to actually talk about the Nebraska AIDS Project, of course something was going to go wrong. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that you're having me back on. I remember when you and I first met back um, at Pride and what you said to me stuck stuck with me for a while and you're like i just hope that somebody sticks with nap long enough that i can get them in the studio so <laughs> well we made it happen almost a year and a half later we made it happen most definitely most definitely it's my pleasure and so glad to have you here talking about nap you were on uh last month with uh, gretchen uh talking about things for star city pride but uh, our focus today is what the Nebraska AIDS Project has to offer for the community in the Nebraska area. And, you know, perhaps we could start out with a little bit of background on what the Nebraska AIDS Project is. Most definitely. Uh, well, the Nebraska AIDS Project is the only um, HIV AIDS organization in the state of Nebraska doing what we do. And what we do is we help people that are living with, and I used to say living with and affected with, but now I see living with and thriving with HIV or AIDS to um, get what they need, um, whether it be some type of case management, whether it be um, counseling, whether it be just to have that sympathetic ear. But we also offer testing as well. So we do testing um, twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays from nine to about four. Um, and we test for STIs, that's going to be your um, chlamydia, that's gonna be your gonorrhea, and of course we test for HIV as well. And the great thing about our organization is, is that 
on the happenstance that something should happen or somebody should have a reactive test. Um, we had that linkage to care already put in where we are able to um, get them over to a caseworker and get them going with the things that they're needing to go ahead and live a very long and healthy life. Awesome. Yeah. Instead of just kind of leaving people hanging there for a little while, like sometimes is the case. Most definitely. And I think that um, for the most part, since I've been at NAP, it's, it's been a very good experience where people are um, very thankful and very thoughtful for, for what we're doing there. And that means a lot. That, that means a lot. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's, it's, oh, I'm not even going to say how long ago was the first time that I got tested for everything, but that was happened to go through the county health department. Mm-hmm. Which is a great uh, asset to the community, yes. But it wasn't the most comfortable. I mean, it's never is comfortable going in to get tested for STIs. But, you know, it was not a very comfortable environment or cement to go into as a young gay male who was getting tested because of something that happened that he had no say in. Right. And I find that that is something that I hear a lot from a lot of the people that I test. I go down to UNL and do some things with Matt Talbot as well as Centerpoint. And a lot of the things that I hear from a lot of the clients that we have is that um, the way that we are with people are a little bit different than it would be maybe at a state agency or a a county agency. And that means a lot to me. And I see a lot of um, repeat customers coming back, if you will. Um, to go ahead and get that testing. And as long as they're being proactive with their sexual health, I'm all about it. And that that makes me know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. um, I know when NAP is at Star City Pride that, you know, they're there for various reasons to, you know, do the community outreach and stuff like that. I also remember several occasions where they were doing on-site testing. Yes. Uh, a rapid yes. test. I can't remember the exact terminology for it. Yes, most definitely. And in my in my role, I do a lot of outreach. Um, I've taken on, um, as I mentioned, um, Matt Talbot, Centerpoint. Um, the university is one of my favorites, you know, getting the students involved. I don't know what it is about you trying to give a condom to a, a 19 to 23-year-old that they just, they're not having it, but we know they're doing it. So as long as we're getting that information out to them, that's what's important. Oh, yes, definitely important. Uh, you know, I haven't had the uh, the pleasure of actually going to a traditional college, so I don't know exactly how things work out there. But I do remember a number of years ago, and I think, yeah, NAP was around at the time, but I don't think they had any involvement with this. A county-run nursing home actually mm-hmm. had condoms and other safer sex uh, things available to the residents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about that in, you know, the, the introductory training and all that, it's like, you know, we know just because you reach a certain age doesn't mean you're not going to be thinking about it or having sex. So we wanted mm-hmm. to make it very much available to do it in a safe and smarter way. And, you know, it's funny that you say that because um, I was speaking with a colleague the other day, and believe it or not, there are some pretty high STI rates in um, nursing homes and things like that. So, um, yeah, as long as, you know, we do a lot of we do a lot of outreach. And I think the cool thing that we do is, is that 
one way that we're going to end this epidemic is ending the stigma associated with it. And ending the stigma associated with HIV is making people aware of what HIV is and what AIDS is. I had somebody say to me the other day, um, is HIV still a thing? And I'm like, okay. It's very much, it's very much a thing. But I think that, you know, when you and I were younger, Phil, um, you know, back in, you, you know, the eighties and things like that, when HIV and AIDS were brand new and people didn't know exactly what it was, um, everybody had that sky is falling effect, you know, that they didn't know what was going on. And through the years, as HIV has become a manageable disease, I think people have forgotten that there are still people that are living with, and I'll say affected with HIV out there still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to admit to my age again on the air, even though anybody who's been listening for a while knows it. But, uh, yeah, I was coming up in the 80s. I was coming out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, you know I, I was living in a small rural community for most of the 80s. Uh, it just wasn't even something that was discussed. And, you know, back then when you were in a small rural community, you were lucky if you got three channels on your TV. <laughs> right. So I really didn't hear much about it when the AIDS epidemic started. Uh, you know, when it was still called uh, gay cancer or uh, mm-hmm. uh, gay-related immunodeficiency grid uh, yeah. was the next stage of that. Before it was, yeah. you know, just... More accurately, perhaps labeled as, uh, you know, AIDS, HIV, you know. Right. Uh, so I, I didn't have to put up with uh, Reagan talking about it. That was the only <laughs> well, advantage to living in small, nowhere, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I grew up here in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. So imagine being a, a black gay male around 1984, 1985. Um, you know, trying to find my way and having to deal with um, not only the stigma associated with being um, being black and gay, but, you know, people thinking that automatically just because you're gay that um, you might have HIV. Now, um, back then, HIV was so brand new um, that the meds that we have now, um, just it, it, it wasn't the same, unfortunately. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, HIV is definitely something that is very manageable now. Um, as long as you're on your regimen and you're at where you're supposed to be, um, undetectable means untransmittable. And that is something that um, years, years ago I never thought would be possible. Not only that, there's also PrEP that's out there right now. It's a once a pill a day regimen that you're able to take. And if you should happen to come in contact with somebody that's HIV positive, you're not going to contract HIV. That is something that was unheard of like 10 years ago. So mm-hmm. we're making strides. And I just think getting that message out there and letting people be proactive with their sexual health and know what's going on and helping them in the stigma associated with HIV is a way that we're going to end this epidemic. Yes, I, I definitely concur with that. Um, now, I know in the past when we've talked, either in person or even briefly last month when you were on the show, uh, we talked about the impact of COVID on the Nebraska AIDS Project. What mm-hmm. kind of an impact was there for the last you know, two and a half, three years now? Well, um, it, was, it was practically nil. Um, 
for me being in the Lincoln office, it was, it was, um, I wasn't there during the COVID. Um, Lacey manned that, but um, it was virtually, it, it was cricket, you know, and um, I could definitely tell um, the uptick in um, people getting tested now as opposed to when COVID was running rampant. Um, I think that with anything, um, regardless of what happens, people need to still be proactive with what's going on with their sexual health. Um, there wasn't a lot going on at the Nebraska AIDS Project um, or anywhere for that matter when um, COVID struck, unfortunately. So we're seeing a lot of people that are getting out now and, you know, wanted to be tested and wanted to be proactive, you know, with their sexual health. And, you know, it's a funny thing because um, I have more people say to me, oh, we didn't even know you were here or, oh, we didn't even know that you do this. And the Nebraska AIDS Project has been around since, you know, 1987. We've, we've been doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. So just being able to let people know that we do provide that service and, and, and we are there for them, that's what it's all about. You know, I have to admit, I don't think I even realized that uh, NAP has been around since like the late 80s. I do remember oh, yeah. volunteering and working with uh, NAP uh, in the, oh, would have been uh, probably late 90s mm -hmm. uh, when a very good friend of mine, Derek Field, was involved. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I do remember participating in was the Nebraska AIDS walk. Yes. Uh, and it's like, you know, I'm not the healthiest person for other reasons. So I didn't actually do the walk, but I uh, <laughs> did one of the water tables. Very good. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, this is hot out here and I've got bad knees. So no, but I'll, I'll, I'll hang out here at the water table. I'll help keep people hydrated and, you know, do, do my part that I physically can. A little bit better now. Uh, you know, the knees don't bother me near as much. So, you know, if we have something like a Nebraska AIDS walk again, that would be awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of things that are about to be ramping up um, with the Nebraska AIDS Project. And I think one thing, you know, we are super, super excited about is our outreach, both in Lincoln and Omaha, as well as our other offices, um, are doing things that we haven't done before. We are having partnerships with people, you know, like Healthy Blue and Centerpoint and you know, other people, huddled, things like that, and just being in partnership with them and getting that message out there. So there are a lot of things that were put on hold, unfortunately, when um, COVID hit, um, that we are trying to get that going. Because I think the more the people see us in the community and know that we're there and we're providing that service, the more people are going to be used to us and the more we're going to be able to help in that stigma associated with HIV. Mm-hmm. Very good things there, and of and of course uh, I need to set you up with somebody here at the radio station to get some stuff recorded, so that we can be sharing uh, some information on a regular basis here through KZUM. Uh, yeah, we'll get that, that figured out great. eventually, <laughs> and hopefully yeah. not have the technical issues we did this morning. Well, right, right, no worries. And a lot of the other agencies, like out Nebraska, and you know Red Ribbon people, and. You know, other things, um, we all try to work in conjunction with each other and try to let each other know, um, you know, what we're doing. That's why I think that, or I feel so blessed to be able to 
um, not only work for the Nebraska AIDS Project, but also work in conjunction with um, Star City Pride. So I, I, I just, you know, if I could create a position, that'd be the position I, I would create. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do, and that, that's, that makes me happy. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Uh, what uh, may be coming up in the next, you know, weeks or months other than, of course, the uh, regular times for uh, testing that people may be able to get involved with? Almost oh, definitely. So there is going to be, of course, you know, later on um, in June, of course, you know, we have we have um, pride um, and we're always looking for volunteers for people to be involved with that. Um, as we ramp up and do more testing, hopefully we will be doing some evening testing in Lincoln. So we, of course, will be needing some volunteers for that. Also in February, um, National Black HIV Awareness Day is going to be going on. Um, I know that you know that we did um, World AIDS Day at the Capitol. So um, I'm not exactly sure if we're going to be doing something here in Lincoln, but I do know that we'll be doing something in Omaha. So, And there are a couple of other things that are on our plates as well. Um, some outreach events. There's going to be a uh, testing event um, February 8th in, um, at Healthy Blue at their Welcome Center down there on N Street. So um, it's gonna be from three to seven because I find a lot, sometimes people that work until five, um, they miss that testing opportunity. So um, mm -hmm. we are doing some testing from three to seven on that Wednesday evening and hopefully we'll get some people to come out and get that, get those tests that they need. Awesome. Yeah, it's like as somebody who works until six o'clock in the evening, it's a little hard to get to things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I definitely understand that one. Um, is there plans to have the rapid testing available at this year's Star City Pride? Do you know? Most definitely. Most definitely. So um, I offered it last year as well. We also offer um, the take-home test as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so um, we've, been, we've been doing that for a while. I had those last year there. Um, and they, they went like hotcakes. So um, I'm glad that people are being proactive, you know, and wanting to know what's going on. But I, I like that a little bit more, that personalized service. I would feel so horrible if somebody um, had a reactive that they um, took the take-home test and that happened. So um, mm -hmm. just kind of want to be there for be there as supportive as we can be in, in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, um, there are a couple of ways that we um, are um, able to do testing. So in my office, when you when you come in, if you're gonna do an HIV test, that HIV test, um, you'll get back um, within minutes. Um, 20, 25 minutes is the longest that you would have to wait for the HIV test. STI tests, um, those I send out and we will um, get those back in a couple days, but hopefully there'll be some changes. Um, coming soon where we'll have that a little bit more readily available for you. But yeah, at Star City Pride this year, we are definitely going to have, definitely have some take-home tests. I don't know um, if um, we'll have the capacity to, um, to, to do that um, at Star City Pride. Um, I would feel horrible if, um, you know, we tested somebody and we had to deliver some, some news in, in the mm -hmm. middle of Star City Pride that would really dampen the the situation but yeah those take-home tests are always going to be available always good, good. and if they feel like they're not able to um make it in on time for the testing that i do they're always able to, to get a test and take that home with me be mm, good good all righty well we are getting close to the halfway mark for the show and we've had you on for a good portion of it here but 
I can't recall if you've actually said how people can get in contact with the Nebraska AIDS Project or how they can find the info online. Yes, they can go to www.nap.org and they can, depending on the city that they're in, they can schedule a test. Um, In Omaha, I believe they test every day but Wednesday. Um, As I mentioned, my days are Mondays and Thursdays. And then we'll also be picking up that um, Wednesday evening as well. And we have offices in Scottsbluff, Kearney, Norfolk as well. So um, if people are not in Omaha or Lincoln and they're in those surrounding cities, we are definitely out there as well. So, yeah, or they can give me a call at 402-476-7000 and schedule a test that way as well. Awesome. All righty. And you have to make sure that I have the uh, the calendar for the uh, testing here in Lincoln and Omaha as well so that I can share that uh, periodically on the air or on our uh, Facebook page for Lavender Hill because, you know, I like doing that, like sharing when, when and where people can get the assistance they may need. Yeah, and if, if you'd like, I'll go ahead and send some of our outreach events that we're going to be having as well and include that in your calendar as well so you oh, can that'd be in the awesome. know what's going on. That would be awesome. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the listeners today? You know, I just want to say, you know, know your status. If you don't take anything away from this conversation that we've had, take that away. Know your status and don't be stigmatized by what you perceive or what you think that HIV is. It's much better to know so we can deal with it head on. And people with HIV are are living very long, healthy lives right now. So um, also, if I could say one other thing. PrEP is huge. I know I touched on it earlier, but that once a pill a day regimen um, is everything. So, and that is something that um, those 18 to 24 year olds, that is perfect. So yeah, and we are able to get people set up with PrEP as well. So we um, we are really doing what we need to do to make sure that people are getting what they need out there in the community. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, TJ. Hopefully sometime in the near future, we can actually make it happen face-to-face or or at least without Zoom technical difficulties. (laughs) (laughs) So we can at least see each other. I know you got yourself all prettied up to be on the radio and things just didn't work out. Ah. (laughs) Unfortunately, but I'm sure that you and I will talk again very soon. Mm -hmm. I look at it as getting all pretty to be on the radio. It's like, you know, even if nobody sees me, I still see myself and I feel good about myself. Exactly. Exactly. I feel the same way. All right. Well, again, thank you, TJ, for being here today. Uh, After the uh, break, I'll be sharing uh, some news and uh, commentary with our listeners. But I do uh, look forward to staying in touch with you, TJ. This has been awesome. Most definitely. Thanks for having me, Phil. Have Uh, a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty, before we go to the break, I'm going to go ahead and play the companion piece from Art Deco. This is After the Head Rush. Ah, yes, one of the true gay anthems of the century, the last century at least. That was I Will Survive with Gloria Gaynor. And, uh, you know, that song is not going anywhere anytime soon, I don't think. Again, thank you to TJ King from the Nebraska AIDS Project for visiting with us during the first half of the show. You can find more information about the Nebraska AIDS Project by going to www.nap.org. 
All righty. Well, let's dive on into some news commentary here for you. I'm going to be paying most of my attention today to LGBTQNation.com. Why? Because I forgot to send myself the list. There was all kinds of things going on. Mercury retrograde, whatever you want to blame it on. Okay. So, uh, according to an article that was published this morning on LGBTQNation.com by Daniel Villarreal, a trans woman has founded a group to help trans people leave the U.S. due to rising hate. Uh, in response to the flood of anti-trans legislation and anti-LGBTQ plus hatred in the U.S., a transgender woman has founded Transport, an organization helping trans people flee the country. Ren Azrael Wilgos, a 50-year-old transgender woman, began researching ways to leave the country after two events took place. First, in March of 2021, a man nearly strangled her to death in a public restroom while she was traveling across the state for work. She hasn't felt safe in public ever since. There's like 30 states, she says. Right now, I wouldn't even drive through. She is a North Dakota resident. Uh, then in June of 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the right to legal abortion. In his concurring opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas suggested that the court should possibly overturn its past decisions, legalizing same-sex marriage, guaranteeing contraception access, and invalidating anti somity sodomy, pardon me, sodomy laws. When associates of hers began asking about the likelihood of LGBTQ plus rights being rolled back in the U.S., Wilgo started researching the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees Guidelines on refugee status based on sexual and gender orientation. She has since begun researching LGBTQ plus organizations in Europe to better understand options for queer relocation. You can find out more by checking out that whole article. There's a lot to it that I'm not going to have time to go into today because there's something that I really want to talk about that has a immediate local impact. So you'll be able to find the links to today's uh, brief list of articles over on the Facebook page for Lavender Hill shortly after the show. All righty. Well, this leads into the local impact. This is an article from Friday, the 13th of January, 2023, by Daniel Villarreal on LGBTQNation.com. GOP proposes anti-drag bill that classifies gender non-conforming performers as adult-oriented. Uh, and this is the Arkansas Grand Old Party. Arkansas State Senator Gary Stubblefield has filed a bill that would classify drag queens as employees of an, quote, adult-oriented business, end quote, similar to nude models, porn actors, and sex workers. Hmm. The bill would put restrictions on transgender and non-binary people singing and dancing in public whether it's a drag performance or not. At, uh, let's see here, it would also require bars, restaurants, shops, and theaters to relocate if they allow such behavior from people of those identities or anything resembling drag. The bill, SB 43 in Arkansas, defines a drag performance as one in which a performer, quote, exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth, using clothing, makeup, or other accessories that are traditionally worn by members of the performer's opposite sex, and performs a song or dance intended to appeal to the prurient interest, end quote, in front of an audience of two or more people. 
By this broad definition, a transgender or non-binary person singing a song about lovemaking, reciting a sexual story, or gyrating while dancing would be legally considered the same as a sex worker or someone having sex on camera. In fact, the law would consider any person doing these things as someone who works for a, quote, adult-oriented business, end quote, if they were anything not associated with the sex they were assigned at birth. The law would also define or redefine an adult-oriented business as any place where such a performance occurs. This would include bars, restaurants, and any places that allow gender nonconforming individuals to sing, dance, or otherwise perform. The state zoning laws would require such businesses to be relocated outside of areas where children can easily view them, just the storefront themselves. Hmm. Something like that in Lincoln would really hamper things downtown, wouldn't it? Uh, legislatures from at least seven states, uh, Arizona, Idaho, Michigan, Montana, Missouri, Tennessee, and Texas have, provo- have proposed anti-drag laws in recent months, according to Bloomberg Law. Uh, Republican legislatures in these states claim that drag shows, quote, sexualize children, end quote, even though such performances are rarely ever featuring sexual content. And unfortunately, we can add Nebraska to that list of states. A Nebraska senator has proposed banning minors from attending drag shows. Uh, According to uh, KLN, excuse me, KLKNTV.com, got to get all those letters in the right order, uh, in an article from Friday the 13th, go figure, 2023, uh, Nolan Dorn writing for them, Uh, A Nebraska state senator is hoping to ban minors from going to drag shows. State Senator Dave Merman, who represents South Central Nebraska, proposed LB 371 this past Thursday. Um, Merman is quoted as saying, It's not appropriate to expose children to sexualized dancing or overly enhanced genitals. End quote. If passed, the law would prohibit anyone under 19 from attending a drag show. Anyone under 21 would also be barred if alcohol is served at the show. <coughs> Pardon me. The bill would make it a misdemeanor to knowingly bring a minor to a drag show. I suppose the intent behind this is, you know, like the drag queen brunch, the drag queen story hours... Uh, drag performances used as fundraisers that are not being done at bars, that kind of thing, right? Eh, we'll just have to see, right? Businesses or nonprofit owners who host drag shows could also face a misdemeanor charge if someone underage attends the show. The establishments would also face fines of $10,000 for each violation. Uh, Merman is quoted as saying, it's not about being against certain people or anything. It's only to protect children, end quote. Several state senators are co-sponsoring the bill, including Joni Albrecht, uh, Tom Brewer, and Steve Erdman. But State Senator Megan Hunt of Omaha has already filed a motion to indefinitely postpone the bill. If such a motion were approved, it's basically burying the bill to where it's not even going to be considered. We'll just have to see. Back to the article, though. The ACLU of Nebraska said the bill is an unconstitutional censorship attempt. Natalie Weiss, uh, with the organization's trans rights advisory team, said this bill criminalizes LGBTQ people. It says that being true to ourselves should be illegal, Weiss said. 
It says that if you're a child who wants to express themselves, an adolescent that wants to express themselves in the way or in that way and perform in a speech or debate tournament in your high school, then that's illegal. Strict interpretation of that would be so, yes. Uh, Vice said bills like this promote hate toward the LGBTQ community, quoting her as saying they're trying to make trans people seem inherently sexual so that they can say that we are all like pornography and we shouldn't be allowed in society, end quote. Drag shows across the country have faced opposition from conservatives with some being canceled due to threats as exampled here in Lincoln, unfortunately. And the article goes on to talk about that. A drag show in Lincoln was canceled in December because of threats after backlash from the Nebraska Freedom Coalition, a conservative political action committee. Yes, thank you, NFC. Anywho, so that's that, and I really wanted to get that out there. That's the, pretty much the entirety of that from uh, klknTV.com. You can also watch the uh, video of that broadcast, or at least that portion of it, uh, at that website. All righty. Well, we're going to do things in a slightly different format. I'm going to go ahead and take care of the last of the articles before playing the music and just go out with a couple of pieces here for you. But, you know, we've had this harrowing stuff, this, oh, no, not in Nebraska. Yes, unfortunately, it is happening in Nebraska now. Uh, but we got some kind of good news here for you. Uh, hopping way around the globe to Russia with their largest LGBTQ plus organization returning after the government forced it to close. This is an article by Molly Spray Reagan on LGBTQNation.com from yesterday, Saturday, January 14th, 2023. Uh, after the Russian government forced it to shut down last year, the largest LGBTQ plus organization in the country of Russia officially returned on January 1st, and it's ready to challenge Putin's latest crackdown on LGBTQ plus people. The Sphere Foundation, which operates the Russian LGBT network, has been reestablished, though it remains unlicensed, after the Russian government sued and accused the organization of acting, quote, under foreign influence, end quote. Uh, the group has reportedly brought back all of its programs and initiatives and is prepared to provide total support to LGBTQ plus Russians. We were the ones who supported the LGBT plus movement across Russia for over 11 years, said the head of the organization. Uh, let's see if I can say this. Delia Gafaruva, close, I'm sure. Uh, and some members of our team had been public doing advocacy and awareness raising work and therefore were running high personal risks. But very few did leave. Our core team is preserving itself. The Sphere Foundation has a lot to stand up against. In December, President Vladimir Putin signed a law expanding the already existing prohibition of LGBTQ plus propaganda. The newly signed law effectively outlaws any public expression of LGBTQ plus life in Russia by banning, quote, any action or the spreading of any information that is considered an attempt to promote homosexuality in public, online, or in films, books, or advertising, end quote, according to Reuters. Putin first signed a law banning so-called gay propaganda in Russia in June of 2013. The law ost ostensibly... That's a tongue twister of a word for me all the time. Ostensibly sought to protect children from any propaganda of non 
traditional sexual relationships as stated in the law's text. The new law extends the restrictions to not just children, but Russians of all ages. Well, with any luck, the Sphere Foundation will be able to survive the uh, coming years of Putin's regime. And we'll just have to see how things fall between Russia and Ukraine. That may put an end to a couple of things. I don't know. But anywho, a little bit more good news for you. And uh, this is another return after a three-year hiatus this time. New Delhi's LGBTQ plus Pride March has returned, according to an article also by Molly Spray Reagan from Saturday, January 14th, 2023 on LGBTQNation.com. All righty. So last week on Sunday, over 2,000 people marched in New Delhi's first LGBTQ Pride Parade in three years. Until now, the pandemic had caused the repeated cancellation of the event. Nice to know that it was COVID instead of the government, right? It's good. It's fabulous because we are here to celebrate ourselves. And after three years, said 23-year-old Vishal Ray uh, to the Associated Press, India has still not legalized marriage equality. But in in a historic 2018 ruling, the country's Supreme Court ruled that homosexuality would no longer be considered a criminal offense. Uh, took them long enough, right? Uh, a colonial law, Section 377, banned, quote, carnal intercourse against the order of nature, end quote. And had it been interpreted to include sex between two people of the same sex, it carried a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. Oh, really good that they did repeal that back in 2018. All righty. Well, congratulations to New Delhi for having their uh, Pride March back in motion. I'm going to be handing things over to Deb Anderson on the women's show. She's joined by Twyla today, who is going to be interviewing, and I don't have to ask her because I have it here in front of me, uh, Jessica Willis-Fisher during the first segment of the women's show. And uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on after that because I didn't look. Oh, chick chick. Oh, it's it's that time of the month already? (laughs) Yes, it is. It is that time of the month already for chick chat. Well, that explains a lot going on in the world today, and especially how many problems I've been having in the studio this morning. But anywho, so I'm going to go ahead and go out with some great music here for you. We're going to hear from Diana Ross and Sam Williams. Interesting combination of music there, right? Anywho, so here we go. Stay tuned for the women's show. I hope you, yeah, stay tuned to KZUM as much as you can. Got some great stuff going on here. And I'll be back next week with more news, views, perhaps another interview, focusing on how things around the world impact the LGBTQIA2S SOGI community, not just globally, but locally here in Nebraska.